Hey, everybody. We have a great show today. We're going to be talking a lot about clarity and mindfulness and how you can utilize those to help your team or your organization or make some big decisions. And we've got some really cool announcements at the end of the show you don't want to miss. Welcome to The Last 10%. Your host, Dallas Burnett, dives into incredible conversations that will inspire you to finish well and finish strong. Listen as guests share their journeys and valuable advice on living in the last 10%. If you are a leader, a coach, a business owner, or someone looking to level up, you are in the right place. Remember, you can give 90% effort and make it a long way, but it's finding out how to unlock the last 10% that makes all the difference in your life, your relationships, and your work. Now, here's Dallas. Welcome, welcome, welcome to The Last 10%. I am Dallas Burnett in Thrive Studios, sitting in my 1905 Koch Brothers barber chair, and more importantly, presiding over a very special episode. And this is an episode that I enjoy having every once in a while because we just get to talk. We just get to talk. We don't have to interview anybody. We just can share stories. And I think it's been, man, it was 20, 2022, maybe in December, the last time we did a show where I just got to share and talk to the listeners of the last 10%. So this is really special. Just getting started, we wanted to let you know we've got lots of new, incredible stories coming your way. And so the second half of 2023 is going to be epic and just as good as for the first half of 2023. We're already talking to some amazing guests and getting them lined up. So we're really excited for that. We're getting close to the 4th of July. So happy 4th of July as you celebrate with friends and family. We hope you guys have a good time. One of the things that we also want to celebrate, not only is our nation and our country's freedom that we do on July the 4th, but we want to celebrate all of our freedoms that we have in terms of making those choices in our own minds, how we think about things and how we process information, how we make decisions. And so I just thought it would be a cool time to share and talk a little bit about some tools and techniques that's been very successful that I've used and been very successful utilizing and sharing over the years. One of the things that I really enjoy spending time on, especially coaching people. And one of the things that you're trying to do as a coach is just help people understand and gain clarity around something that's going on in their life. It may be some place that they want to go or something that they want to become or something, but really you have to begin with that, that picture of clarity. If you think about a football team, it's really having that picture of what does it look like to win a championship? And that moment at the end is great, but having clarity of that whole process and giving over to that process is important as well. So you can't just see the podium at the end of the at the end of the process. It's having clarity of what that whole spectrum, that whole process is going to look like as it unfolds. That's really powerful clarity. And powerful clarity is different than some figment of our imagination. Everybody wants to dream about being on the stage or winning the Super Bowl, but powerful clarity is understanding reality. What really is. And so when we approach our businesses or when we approach managing and leading our teams, when we talk about generating powerful clarity, and I wrote about this in the book Move, and we talked about seven different ways to generate clarity and different things that we do. But clarity really is just being able to see a picture of what really is with great detail. And it's really made up of three components. We talk about this in the book Move 
a little bit. I wrote Move back in 2018, man, it seems so far away, but we talked about three components that made up clarity. And when you think about clarity, you're thinking about this picture, this visualization in your mind's eye. And the more detail that you can add to that visualization, the more powerful it is. To have any kind of picture, you need three things. You need light, you need focus, and you need frame. You need light, you need focus, and you need frame. Now, what is light? Light is like the general idea. It's something that's a big idea. It's the general direction of things. Am I looking at a picture of a snow-capped mountain, or am I looking at a picture of a tropical beach? And there's, you, you have plenty of distinctions between those two that you don't have to see all the details. You can have a very fuzzy picture, but just a little bit of light will give you some general direction of what we're looking at. In your life, it might be something like, what is my general strengths? Strengths and weaknesses. When we start talking about doing a SWOT analysis on a business, we're talking about understanding, gaining some light, putting some things on a board, whiteboard, brainstorming. That's what we're talking about when we're talking about light. Light tends to expose things too. And so when we talk about clarity, we're having to move things from somewhere that's maybe not in the light, maybe in the dark to the light. Think about going to AA and think about an addict coming out and getting exposed in the light and saying, I actually now see, I admit that I'm an addict. And so all of a sudden, by just exposing that to the light and being open to that and being open to that reality that you are an addict gives you all kind of ability to start filling in some details about how you're going to move. And that's what focus is. Focus is when we start filling in those details, when we start giving definition to it. Are there people hiking up, up the side of the mountain? Or is deep snow? Is it a cliff? Is it an ocean? Is there surfers in the ocean? Do we see boats out there? Is starting to hone in on some details. And in our life, it's the details that we need to make decisions. So when we think about clarity, we're saying, okay, we're getting a general direction. We're honing it down. We're starting to hammer out some general, real detailed decisions. And then lastly, and probably I would say definitely as important as the other two is the frame. And if you think about the frame, I remember as a kid, there was this place that we used to go to. And this, it was a place called Maggie Valley. And, and you would go up the side of this mountain. Literally, you'd go up to this mountain and they've shaved off the top of this mountain. And they had built this old Western town at the top of the mountain. And you would ride up this very sketchy, <laughs> extremely sketchy chairlift or like monorail, very cheap version of a monorail that goes up the side of this mountain. And you get up there and there's six buildings that look like old saloons and whatever. And in one of the buildings, they had this photography shop. And you go in and you can put on these old outfits, cowboy outfits or 1800s outfits. And so they would take the picture. And I know you've seen it at any amusement park, but they would take the picture. And it was the first time I'd seen it, this done. It was a long time ago in Maggie Valley. So it was pretty cool technology back then, which is not so cool now, but hey, it is what it is. So Maggie Valley, you take this picture and here it is. It's got these grainy images and it's this kind of faded out brown looking picture, black and white looking picture. And so everybody looks like they're old cowboys in the 1800s. And so that's the frame. It's that feeling. It's that story. And so when we think about a frame, what is our story? Are we the hero of our story? Are we the victim of our story? Because we can have the same instance and you can look at someone climbing up a mountain and you can see their face and it's just covered with snow and just looking miserable and they're downcast 
Or you can see a picture of a guy that's at the top or a girl that's at the top of a mountain, and they've got their hands up and the sun's rising on the hill, and it's, oh man, just this amazing euphoric moment. But what's your story? What's the story that you're telling? What's the story you're telling yourself? So when we're moving through clarity and trying to get clarity, trying to get clarity at work and trying to get clarity in our home life and trying to get clarity raising kids and trying to get clarity around managing and leading teams, just think about that. that you need those three things, light, focus, and frame. And that's not really answering any questions. That's just setting the table. I wrote move to really help people go through transitional periods. If you enter in a white space, if you're just going through a white space, you don't know you don't know what's up and what's down. And you're trying to navigate through that and land the plane safely, but you can't really look up and see anything. You can't really look down and see anything. You're going through a white space in the clouds. And you need some help, just some guidance, thinking through some things so that you can land that plane. That's why we wrote Move. And, and it just helps. It helps anybody going through transitions, whether you're getting out of college and going to get a job, whether you're empty nesters or you're trying to reinvent your career, just gives you some things to think about. Now, we talk about move, so that's setting the table, but we want to really jump into it because I love the idea of clarity, and it's so important. When we go into business, you're moving through so much ambiguity that you just appreciate moments of clarity. And really, you have to have really powerful moments of clarity, especially if you're an entrepreneur and starting a business, because if you can't see it, then you can't help other people see it. And so if you're a visionary, one of your jobs and leading, and everybody knows this as an entrepreneur, is that you're helping. Now, whether they're employees or not, you could be a solopreneur and an army of one. You still have to cast that vision of who you are and who you serve and what you're doing and what you're trying to accomplish, what you're trying to build, because nobody gets there by themselves. And so one of the things that Clarity helps us do as we work those things out, Clarity is that living visual that we're creating, whether we're creating it for our personal life, our family whether we're creating it for our marriage, whether we're creating it for our work, we're always living through this living visual and this powerful clarity that we're trying to create so that we can convey that to other people. And so one of the things that we developed in Move, and this is one of my favorite tools, I was just having this conversation the other day with a group and we were hashing some things out. I said, look, I want to unpack this through a specific lens. I want to gain some more powerful clarity on this. And I want us to understand and think through this problem, through this lens. and if you think about clarity in the 80s, I'm going back, I'm doing all these nostalgic things now, right? But in the 80s, I watched Stranger Things, the first season. I haven't watched anything but the first season of Stranger Things. And it was a strange, it was Stranger. It was very much full of Stranger Things. But one of the things I appreciate about that series, at least the first season, was that the picture, the picture of like tea or Kool-Aid or whatever they had on the table, our family actually had that literal, absolutely that literal picture it looked exactly like it. And when I saw that, I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. They really did. It was like a time warp back to the 80s. But I digress. We're talking about clarity and a tool that we can use. And one of the things that I like is back in the 80s, you would have to, at least we did, we had this big wooden box TV. It, was, it had no remote control. There was no, there was no way that we were going to be gaining weight watching TV as a kid because we'd sit there and it would be like, the parent would be like, no, turn it to channel 13. Nope. Okay. Turn it to seven. Oh, no, there's advertisements. So we don't want to watch that. Turn it to four. And you're just running back and forth. I got a workout. My workout was just running back and forth. I was the remote. We didn't have a remote. I was the remote. And so we just, uh, you would turn back and forth channels, but you had these things on top, antennas. I know everybody that's listening to this that didn't grow up in the 80s, you're just like, whatever, what is this? But we had these things called rabbit ears. 
and it's the antennas that you'd have on top of the TV, and you had to stand. It's like you had to stand on your left foot and spin just a little bit and hold your tongue the right way, and you just move those rabbit ears apart just right. It would always change. It would never be the same. It's like the wind was blowing from the south southeast. It totally messes you up. Anyway, you would take those rabbit ears. You'd set them, and if you got them just right, the channel would come in with perfect clarity. But if you just didn't have those antennas set up right, the signal wouldn't come through. And it was just static. We just got a lot of static. And so that's one of the things that we have a problem with clarity. And I think that's one of the issues that we have as a culture right now. As a society, we're having to make some decisions around how we can gain clarity when we're moving through a sea of static. It is unbelievable how much static that you have to deal with every day in your life. And it's just a lot of information coming at you every single day. Social media, it doesn't matter. You've got Netflix and thousands of emails and podcasts, and you just got billboards and everything. You just got all kind of stuff just being bombarded with messages all day. But a large majority of messages that you're receiving don't really help you gain clarity and probably not moving you forward and closer to where you want to go. So it's being able to dial in that signal and getting those rabbit ears just right to get that signal in. So how do we do that? How do we set ourselves, our personal spiritual rabbit ears or our personal rabbit ears to to a place where we can get some additional clarity? Especially, look, if you're going through a big decision, if you're going through a big decision at work, if you're trying to decide on whether or not you should invest more in innovation or more in marketing because you've got a limited budget, or if you're trying to decide on if you should let somebody go or if you should try to do some intervention or whatever it is. It could be any kind of decision. Leading a team, this is a great tool that you should just work on because it's really introspective. And a lot of times people have a hard time being alone with themselves. And that's one of the things that we like to cultivate with one-on-ones is just a short period of time that you can reflect on really important questions, really important questions. But there's something called the mindful quadrant, the mindful quadrant. We wrote about it in Move. And we created that quadrant in Move, and it's not in the one-on-ones, actually, but it is a quadrant that helps us slow down and see if we're dialing in the antenna and being able to cut through some of the static in our life. And it's just, it's a quadrant that helps you focus and brings you, and the reason we call it the mindful quadrant is mindfulness a lot of times is referring to being able to become and be and live in the present moment. Sometimes we get stuck in the past and we get worried about what we should have done and what we could have done and who we should have been and the mistakes that we made. It's here to cut through the static, all those messages that we're getting every day and all those fears that we have about the future and all that guilt and shame that we're bringing in from the past and just clear the table and help us unpack some of that as we go into making these decisions that we have in our lives so that we can make good decisions, so that we can gain clarity, so that we can make better decisions. So what is the mindful quadrant. You're going to have to play a game with me. You're going to have to do a little mind's eye exercise because I can't whiteboard whiteboard on the show. Maybe we'll do a video version of this one day and we'll whiteboard it. But for now, we're just going to go with the mind's eye. We're going to straight visualization on this thing. So you'll just have to draw a quadrant in your mind. And in the upper left-hand corner of the quadrant, the top left, we're we're going to put the word harbor. And the question is, what do you harbor? What do you harbor? Now, that's an interesting way to say that, right? And so let's unpack what we mean by the word harbor. First of all, 
by the word harbor, we mean, if you think about a harbor, you, you think about, at least I do, I think about these ships back in the, back in the old, olden days where they're coming in out of sea and, and they, they go in, they're trying to find safe harbor. They may be running from pirates out in the open sea and they go through into this harbor and they've got the cannons up on the sides of it. And so they can protect these ships that's coming in and protect the traders. Or maybe there's a hurricane coming in and they need somewhere safe to dock. So they, they come into the safety of the harbor and the harbor is a place of protection it's a place that we want to keep calm. It's a place that we store and maintain things that are valuable to us. We're kind of keeping that, and that's what we harbor. So that's the top quadrant, okay? So what do you harbor? It's a good question. Now, we're going to go to the top right quadrant, and that we're going to put the word lack. Lack. What do you lack? What are things that you lack? When you think about, when you think about lacking something, it's a deficiency. It's something that is a necessity, something you need that you don't have access to or capability. There's some area that you're either deficient in or needing something in. Now we're going to go to the bottom left quadrant. Write the word cultivate in your mind. Cultivate. What do you cultivate? Now, cultivate is another very interesting loaded word. And the question to you is, what are you currently cultivating in your life. If you were to think about things that you are cultivating, especially as it relates to the decisions that you're making or the direction that you're wanting to go, the goals that you're setting, the life that you're living, what are you cultivating? And the word cultivate, if you think about most people, if you say the word cultivate, you would think about maybe a garden and you would cultivate the garden. You would turn the soil over. You would plant the plants. You would water that plant and then you would weed around it so it doesn't get choked out by the weeds. That's cultivating. You're putting effort. You're putting work. It's intentional. It's daily. It's daily intention and daily direction and daily work towards some end. And so what are you cultivating right now? And then the last quadrant on the bottom, you'll write the word starve. Starve. Now that's another strange word. Why don't we put that in a quadrant? The question is, what are you starving? What are you intentionally denying yourself? What, what are things that you need less of? What do you need to live without? What boundaries are you putting in your life? Maybe we have excess spending and we're not putting boundaries on our money and we are spending it on things that we really don't want. And we feel like, yeah, it's not really bringing me the kind of excitement I thought it would bring me or the joy or the fulfillment I thought it would bring because I'm spending it. I don't even know where it's going. And so what do we need to starve? It could be other things in our life. Are we have struggling with an addiction? Are we, do we need to starve certain elements of our day, certain things that are getting our time, that we're taking our time? So what are we starving? And we're starving it. When we say starve, we mean something that we are intentionally not cultivating, not feeding, but we're not giving ourselves to it. We're not putting energy towards it. In fact, we're shutting it off from it, what it needs so that it withers and dies. So that it withers and dies. And so when we go into making decisions and we're trying to generate clarity around a decision, the reason I like to start here is that you can look at this as a group. And you can look at this as a team. You can look at this as an individual. And it's a quick, easy exercise that you can just take stock. 
It's a way to bring yourself into the present and say, where are we right now? Where am I right now? And what are the things that are exposing in me that I need to work on? For example, what if you harbored, what if you were you were to be honest with yourself and you said, maybe I'm harboring fear. Maybe I've started this company and I'm really afraid of failure. And because of that, I'm lashing out at my team members and they got bad attitudes because I have a bad attitude. And the reason I have a bad attitude is because I'm absolutely terrified that this thing is going to fail. This thing is going to fail. That's a whole different perspective just by asking yourself that question and being honest. What if you're, what if you're harboring pride? What if when you go into a meeting, if anybody criticizes you, you just blow up on them? You might be blowing up on them, but it has nothing to do with fear. It has everything to do with, I can't believe you would say that to me. And it might be that you're harboring pride. What if you lack courage? What if when that question in the second quadrant, what do you lack? What if you lack courage? How would you know? How would you know if you lacked courage? How would you know if you were harboring pride? How would you know if you were harboring fear? That's a great question to pair up with the mindful quadrant. How would you know? What if you cultivated busyness? I love that quote by John Wooden. It's something like, don't mistake activity for progress. Oh, that's just one of my favorite quotes. So when you think about it, when I'm, and this is stuff that I ask myself all the time, and I'm answering these questions as well. well. Am I cultivating busyness in my life? Am I just saying yes all the time? Is this, what's that movie, Yes Day? Am I just saying yes to everything? Or do I know what I need to be working on, and am I being focused on it, and am I cultivating the things in my life that really matter? Because there's some decisions there I have to make. There's some decisions there I have to make when I cultivate things that are most important, cultivating things that are most important. What if I'm starving my personal growth? That would be terrible. You know, am I reading good books or am I listening to good podcasts? Am I feeding myself that's just really good stuff? Or am I starving myself gratitude because I'm feeding my bitterness? Somebody's hurt my feelings or they've said something that was really hurtful. Maybe they've done something to me. I've had issues in the past where people have stolen money or said things behind my back or hurt the business, whatever it is. But can I let that go? Can I starve? Can I starve that? Can I starve that bitterness till it goes away? Or am I cultivating it? So if, if those are the four things that I answer, that's a, that's, a, that's a tough place to be because I'm not going to generate a lot of clarity if I'm harboring those things like fear, if I lack courage, or if I'm cultivating busyness. If you see answers like that, and you have to be real honest with this, you have to be honest if you do this with your team, you have to be honest with yourself, but it's really good gut check. I use this all the time to gut check. What am I doing? What am I thinking? Where am I going? How would I know what I harbor? Am I, am I willing to ask somebody, be vulnerable about that? Hey, look, I think this is the way I'm thinking about this. What do you see? How do you see it? Especially those people that are closest to us. Now, on the flip side, that sounds really negative, but let's talk about the positive side. What does it look like if you harbor gratitude? What if you just protect the gratitude in your heart? And you say, I'm going to protect that like a ship in a harbor. I'm just going to get up every day. I'm going to harbor gratitude no matter what the storm comes. I'm getting up every day. I'm doing a quiet time, meditating in the morning, 
I'm feeding myself. I'm just thinking of my blessings when I lay down to go to sleep at night. I'm counting my blessings. That's harboring gratitude, right? What if you harbored self-awareness and you were just open? You're just, I'm just, what am I feeling right now? Why would I be feeling like that? He said that. It really upset me. She said that. It really upset me. Why would I be upset about that? I'm just going to, I'm going to be open to self-awareness. I'm going to be open to that. I'm going to be open to what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling. What if you lacked, what if you lacked bitterness? Or what if you lacked education? And you said, I realize I lack education or some type of relationship. And so I need to, what? We'll drop it in the other quadrant. Start cultivating those things. I need to cultivate my relationships. I need to put more intention into that. So we can move things from that lack column into cultivate. We can start working on that. We can start going, getting the education that we need, going and taking the classes or the courses or the online courses. We can go and start meeting people. We can start networking events. Whatever it is that we lack, we can start focusing on that. We start moving. And lastly, what if you, what if you cultivated, we'll do the last two, cultivate and starve. What if you cultivated personal growth? Man, just became a voracious reader or a voracious podcast listener in a certain area. I listened to books. I think it was Zig Ziglar. I always used to say, if you read seven different, seven books on the same subject, you were an expert. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but I know this. If you read seven books on any subject, you know more about that subject than you did when you got started. I'll go that far. I won't say that you'll be an expert, but hey, you're definitely on the path, right? And so finally, to starve. What if you starved busyness or starved your fear? What does it look like to starve your fear or starve your busyness? Could you imagine what it looked like to starve business, your business, say no to things, build margin into your life, stop for 10 minutes, maybe just take a cup of coffee and go sit out, not first thing in the morning, but at the end of the day, do something fun that's just relaxing. You don't feel like you have to be on. Go put your cell phone up for an hour and try not to have a panic attack. That's starving busyness. So you don't have to look at your phone every five seconds. That's starving busyness. That sound means it's time to take a break and hear a word from our sponsor. If you lead an organization or a team, one of the biggest challenges you face is developing your people. Think Move Thrive is here to help you on your journey. We've developed a coaching system that integrates into your team or organization to consistently develop your employees, build trust, gain valuable feedback, and increase accountability. Leadership retreats and summits are great. We even build those custom for our clients but they're only part of the solution because they lack consistency. Our one-on-one coaching app is the missing piece in your employee development program. We help new leaders get to know their teams. We help technical managers be more relational, and we help ensure that your relational rock stars stay organized. We developed the system for a client, and it was so successful. We created the app to help more organizations develop their people, build trust, engagement, and you guessed it, performance. For more information, go to thinkmovethrive.com to learn more about the one-on-one coaching system and start developing your team today. Back to the show. So anyway, I just want to promote this idea of the mindful quadrant. I think it's really important. I think it's a good tool. I've used it with teams. I've used it with myself. Here's the thing. If you're going to sit down and meditate in the morning, you're going to think through stuff. If you're going to doesn't matter. Whatever you're doing, you can ask these questions. If you read a challenging verse, if you read a scripture in the morning and it's a challenging verse, ask yourself, what does this say? What does this say I'm harboring? What does this tell me when I'm feeling certain ways? What, am, what, is this, what am I harboring? What do I lack? What am I cultivating? What am I starving? These are just great questions. This helps you be mindful. And then how would I know? How would I know if that's what I'm doing? 
And so that's a good tool. I think it's really good. It's in the book Move. If you want to check out more of that, you can you can go to Amazon.com by Move by Dallas Burnett. So as we go and we try to generate that powerful clarity, and we try to use this mindful quadrant to bring us into the present, it's just going to help us generate more powerful quadrant, powerful clarity. It's going to help us generate powerful clarity where our emotions and our belief kind of all align. So our emotions are connected to the idea and we believe it's possible. And that's really powerful clarity. If I can see something that clear and with great detail and the big picture, and I can attach my emotions to it, my emotions are like, yes. And then my belief is this is possible. That's really powerful clarity. It helps us as leaders. As a leader, that's what you're trying to do. We talk about this a lot when we're training for one-on-ones. As a leader, we have two things that we want to do. We want to close, we want to, as a leader coach, I should say, we want to close gaps and we want to battle for belief. And so one of the things we're trying to do is people will do what we need them to do if they believe what we need them to believe. And so we're battling for that belief. Yes, you can do this. Yes, you have that capability to step out there and do a speech in front of people and share your knowledge. If you're terrified of public speaking, if you just believe it, how many people could do it if they just believed it? Now, we're not going to make this show too long today, but I did want to give some freebies away. Since you've stuck through it and you talked about the Mindful Quadrant, one of the things that's really been impactful for me, I do talks on burnout. One of the talks that I do when I'm asked to speak is on burnout. It's actually one of the most popular talks right now because apparently everybody in the world is burnout. Oh my goodness. And so we, we do a lot of talks on burnout and it's a fun session and very interactive. But one of the things that has helped me in my personal struggle with burnout, you know, it was interesting back when I was in my early thirties, I made some fantastic decisions, this, which is totally sarcastic. We, I started, I started working two different jobs and then decided I need to get to one job. So the way I'm going to do that is get my MBA. And so I started the MBA about one month before we had our first daughter. And I cannot tell you how ridiculous that period of time was in my life because I wasn't getting any sleep. I was sleeping a few hours a night, maybe three or four hours a night and writing papers till three in the morning and getting up, being at work at whatever time. I think there's some nostalgia of putting in this work or sweat. That's just stupid. That was just dumb. I would, I can't, I have no other way to put it. It was just dumb. And so when I'm at home by myself on a Friday night and finally have the house quiet, I think my wife had gone off with some girlfriends and she had taken the, our daughter with her and I'm laying on the couch. I'm like, man, finally I get a night to myself. We the, finished the semester and I was like, wow, I don't have anything going on. I laid down. And that was when I had at 30, 30 years old, I had my first panic attack. And when you go through something like that and you feel like your body's going to explode and you're just going to just die. Then you start wondering, what am I doing? What is this? And I started, I had to get control on some things that I'd let slip. And one of the things that I'd let slip was sleep. And one of the things I needed to do also was be able to slow down my mind. And so meditation was a really, especially mindfulness meditation was a very important tool that I used to do that. Now, I want to be clear because we have a lot of different listeners in the last 10% audience. Number one, if we have some listeners, I'm sure, that have experienced meditation and its benefits and they love it, and they're like, yes, yeah, great. And number two, we have some listeners that's probably sitting there going, 
I really didn't take Dallas for someone who meditated often. And I don't even know about meditation. I've never done it before. It, it kind of seems a little bit funny, especially if you have a religious background that's you may not have been exposed to meditation. You may think, was this some other religion he's pushing this? No. Not at all. Not mindfulness meditation. Now, meditation is used by a lot of different religions in all over the world, Eastern, Western, all the whole thing. Talks about meditation in many different religions. However, mindfulness meditation is very specific, and I want to be clear to what I'm talking about as it relates to burnout specifically and as it relates to clarity and just calming our minds and getting into the presence. So when you think about meditation, you think about when you think about working out your body, like I used to lift weights when I'm back in high school playing ball, you go in the weight room and you start lifting weights. And when, when I started in eighth grade, you're always so self-conscious. I guess it was ninth grade. But anyway, after eighth grade, I'm lifting weights and you go in and you got the bar and maybe a 10 pound weight on either side. And you're just so self-conscious. And most of the time, guys, they don't say anything about it because they know they've been there too. And so you go through this and for a year you're working out, you're putting on more and more. And then finally, by the time you get to be a senior, you've been working out for four years, you're racking up some really serious weight and pressing it out. And you just, because you've built the muscles that's required to lift that kind of weight. Now, when we talk about our minds, we have to train and we have to think about our minds because we don't normally do that. But your mind uses a ridiculous amount of energy every day. It is unbelievable the amount of energy that percentage-wise your brain uses every day. But we don't think about that as a muscle that we need to train. But we do need to train it. And meditation is what does that. And meditation is if you were going to go in the gym and work out your body, mindfulness meditation is a way that you can work out your mind. Now, what are we working out when we do that? We all have thoughts that come across our mind that we can't control. And some of them is the woulda, coulda, shouldas. I wish I could have done that. I should have done that. I've got all this guilt and shame I'm dealing with. Whatever it is in the past. And it just floods through our mind. It distracts us. It keeps us from the present. Maybe I got fears from the future and, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose my job or I can't find a new job or what am I going to do if I don't like my job, this new job I'm taking. All this stuff is just going on. Everywhere. Our minds, we can't quiet our mind. And then we pull up the phone and we see everybody's best day on social media and we're like, we're not that good. Our best day is not that good. And then we start worrying about that. And so we've just got so many things coming at us, so much distraction. It's very difficult to quiet our minds. And so meditation, specifically mindfulness meditation, is something that I used when I was going through that period of my life with sleep, obviously, uh, getting more sleep and mindfulness meditation was something that I could use to slow my mind down so that I could bring it into the present moment. And then I could do things like do the mindful quadrant, right? Because then I could actually think without being distracted and just busy in my head. And I could actually focus. I think a lot of people would just feel so much better if they could just focus, put the phone down, put the thoughts down, put the worry down, put the anxiety down and focus. So we want to leave you with a special tool for tuning in to the last 10%. On our website, we have a free 10-minute mindfulness meditation. Now we've created this ourselves. It's literally the one I use. I use this meditation. We actually got an Australian voiceover person. She has the best voice. If you've never done meditation, it's a great one to start with. It's just really easy, really light. You just follow the directions. You get in a quiet room, you do it, and in a few minutes you're done, and it's great. And it's a great starter. If you've done meditation before, it's a free tool. It's a free resource. You can download it. So we're going to put a link to that in the show notes of the last 10%. You can click on the link, download your free mindfulness meditation from Think, Move, Thrive. And so we're happy to do that. We'll post that to the show notes. Second, 
we've been thinking a lot lately about doing a, a different show format. Now, we're still going to do interviews. We're not like ditching the interviews because we've just had so much fun. I have personally had so much fun interviewing some of the great guests and we still keep up with them and check in on them and just have had some great times and great relationships with people. And some of them have even spoken at our leadership summits and retreats. And so that's been fantastic. But what we have been thinking about is we've got a new book coming out and we'll get to more of that in a second, but we've got some We've got some things that we'd like to share and have more conversations around as it relates to coaching, as it relates to culture, strategy, business, and teams. And so what we'd love for you to do is if you've got an issue or you've got some problem that you would want to talk about, we'd like to open up the last 10% to have incredible guests that encourage us. But we'd also like to open it up to our listeners where if you have a problem or if you have something you'd like to learn more about, you can submit that. And we'd cover it on the show. And maybe we'll even have you as a guest. We haven't actually, <laughs> we haven't finished the formatting of these episodes or finished that, but I wanted to just go ahead and let everybody know that this is coming. So we're still going to do interviews. We may do this new format in between interviews. We have a couple of new episodes, or we may just put them in periodically, depending on the response that we get. But we're going to be going on to LinkedIn and we're going to be, we're going to be soliciting some feedback on LinkedIn. And also we'll put a form We'll put a form link in the show notes on the podcast. And if you just have some, if you just have something you want to talk about, if you have something that you want to share that you want to know more about, you can put it in the form on LinkedIn and on the show notes, and we'll try to get it on the show. And who knows, you might be on the last 10%. Maybe we'll do a little live show too, if that works out. Lastly, before we round out the show, just wanted to say that we are so excited. We announced the book name that we've got coming out, Lift, back, I think it was in December. Actually, it was last, I think it was when Danielle was on the episode. We, we announced the book Lift is coming out. And then we said it was about to come out and it was delayed a little bit. And then we said, okay, after the first year. And then it just didn't come out. And everybody's like, what happened? Where's it? Where is Lift? Where's Lift? What's going on? What's going on? Good news. It's still coming out. We're still moving forward. Still actually pretty much on schedule, at least the new schedule we put. What happened was we looked at it and we loved it. And we were like, we love it so much, we need to make it even better. And so we scrapped what we had done and reformatted it and redid it all. And so now we've, we're even more excited about it. And we're looking at sometime probably in September, early September, this is, this is going to hit. I'm pretty, pretty confident with that. And the reason that it's taking a little bit more time is that we wanted to add some more tools onto Lyft. We didn't want to just make it a book, so we wanted to have some additional tools. So we're going we're working on some secret, super secret tools right now that we're going to be offering with the book. That's just going to be added benefits to our readers, and it's it's fantastic. I'm just excited about it. It's a business fable, business fable, and it's all about how and the levers that we use to pull and change organizational culture. So it's not a theory book. It's actually, it's very practical and very applicable, but we're very excited about it. We're very excited because I think it's some, it's a book that's easy to read for everybody. I think it'll be very helpful for leaders. It'll be very helpful for coaches. It'll be very helpful for entrepreneurs as they're growing organizations and teams. And so we're just, we're pumped. We're so pumped. So I can't wait. I'm like, I'm over the moon ready to get this thing out, but we want to make sure that we launch. We're actually going to put a lot of effort into launching this book. And so working with the publisher and different marketing companies, different things like that. So we're excited about that. We, you should see and definitely hear more about that later on this summer 
as we get closer to launch day. So we'll be making more announcements of that. And in fact, we're thinking about having a special launch week on the last 10%. So we may have multiple episodes on launch week just because, just because we want to make sure everybody knows about the new release and has the opportunity to purchase it. So we'll probably have some specials for the listeners of the last 10%. So stay tuned to that. And uh, we'll go from there. So thank you for tuning in to the last 10%. We have had tremendous growth. We've had more listeners in this last three or four months than we had in, in the first part of last year. It's amazing growth. It's amazing growth. Hopefully we're adding value to you and hopefully you can download the meditation guide. And hopefully you guys have enjoyed today's conversation about clarity and the mindful quadrant. We want to wish everybody a happy 4th of July in the U.S. And we just want to and want to wish everybody the best this summer and looking forward to a second half of the year with the last 10%. Thanks again. Remember to finish well and finish strong. Thanks for joining us today on the last 10%. We hope you found today's content engaging and encouraging. Remember to subscribe to the podcast to hear the latest episodes and help us out by rating and reviewing us so others will join our community. We release new episodes every other Tuesday. This podcast can be found globally in any podcasting app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon. Subscribe today. Plus, visit our website, join our email list, and discover resources and info for your business and team at thinkmovethrive.com. Thanks again for listening to The Last 10%.